0: This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for R.M. Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com, or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own Ultimate Garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So, be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euroclassics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com, classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X.com. Well, welcome back to the Collective Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg Stanley, and we are gearing up for one heck of a show this weekend. I'd like to welcome Bob Ashton. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, if you would, tell us, what is your role with the Muscle Car and Corvette National Show that's coming up here in Chicago this weekend?
1: My official title is managing member, but I'm one of the owners of the Muscle Car and Corvette National Show right out here in Rosemont.
0: Awesome. Well, that's great. If you would, give us an overview of the show. So I personally, I've been to a bazillion shows. I have never made it to your show. I'm ashamed to say that because I see the pictures. I go onto your website and I'm just floored by the quality of cars that you get there, so you know you can uh, you can you know shame me when I get there. But tell us a little bit about it for others who might not have made their way up.
1: And you know I will because I know you're a Shelby guy, and we've got a bunch of prime <laughs> Shelby's. In fact, uh, one of my favorites. I I one of the things I rarely do is invite repeat cars back to the show because we kind of we kind of pride ourselves in presenting a totally new you're not seeing the same things that you see. And one of those cars that I invited back is the Allen Mann Aluminum Body GT40, which is a real wow. deal car, not, not a kit car. But uh, the owner, Rex Myers out of Indiana, uh, had so much fun with us in 2019, and I witnessed that car being two, three people deep all weekend long where people were just trying to get a peek at it, and they couldn't. So when Rex told me that he would love to come back, I made an exception to the rule and said, yes, bring it. <laughs> so, so that's one thing that's just <laughs> blowing me away. So
0: put that on your uh, your got to see list. I will put that on my to, to see list because Rex and I had a great conversation like the week before COVID shut the country down at Amelia Island when he was showing that same exact car. So Rex and I at least go back two years. So I will be sure to check that wonderful GT40 out.
1: And this year, we're going to make it real easy because we're putting that car in the main lobby before you enter the show, so you cannot
0: miss it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, tell us what else is going on at the show. So what we are,
1: we are the world's largest all-indoor specialty show, and we're unique in that our priority is very much on 60s and 70s, examples of the rarest, most prime American muscle, rarest. In the most prime Corvettes with an emphasis on the C1s, C2s, and C3s. So where a lot of the shows, especially when it comes to the indoor shows, you go and see lots of hot rods and street rods and cool cars like that, and then a few muscle cars thrown in or a few nice Corvettes thrown in. We're the exact opposite, meaning that probably 85 to 90% of our show are American muscle cars restored to uh, perfection, sometimes better than perfection, Or even in our Barn Finds and Hidden Gems area. But 60s and 70s muscle like Yankos, Hemicars, Shelbys, Camaros, Copos, you know, all that kind of good stuff. They usually only see one or two of at a show. We have over
0: 550, under 400,000 square feet of roofs. Oh, that's just amazing. And, you know, it is Chicago in November, the weekend before Thanksgiving. So being indoors is kind of key. (laughs) So that's really great. And how would, uh, before we get to our ultimate garage, how would our listeners learn more about it and if they want to be sure to attend this weekend?
1: We abbreviate the name because obviously Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals is pretty long. So jokingly, years ago, my wife would always refer to the show as McCacken. <laughs> so uh, that became the kind of the buzzword. Everybody calls us, oh, you got to go to the McCacken Show. So we use that throughout our uh, advertising, a lot of our web-based stuff, so mcacn.com, ncom And same thing for our YouTube channel. We have McCacken TV, which has examples of what goes on at the show. And, um, of course, if you search us on YouTube, you'll see over 300 videos that people have put up from various shows over our 13-year history.
0: Oh, that's just awesome. That's really great. Yeah, so I know I will have my walking shoes on. I will be judging some Shelbys while I'm there, and I know that I will spend all weekend... Uh, Saturday and Sunday, walking around, checking out some amazing cars. Well, the main reason I wanted to have you on this podcast is to share your ultimate garage. Now, as a reminder, this ultimate garage isn't a 10 best list. It is really, if you had 10 spots in your garage, what would be placed in those 10 spots? So 10 cars that you would put in your personal garage. And I know I threw this on you, but I know you're such an expert, you could probably come up with a list pretty quick. So do you think you're up for the task? Can I only give you ten?
1: Can I give you twenty or thirty or kind of <laughs> the hard part
0: yeah, the hard part is to limit it to ten. <laughs> be sure to stay tuned to the end of this episode when I will review the haggerty market trends for Bob Ashton's ultimate muscle car garage and tell you how much it would cost to put Bob Ashton's cars in your garage. <laughs> okay, here we go. first and foremost, and this one's gonna be you're gonna go huh?
1: How about a 1970, Violet, 446 barrel, Roadrunner convertible with a white top, white interior, power windows, and a dust trail stripe on the side? Huh? That for one.
0: (laughs) So, why that one? (laughs) You know, when
1: I grew up, my father was a vice president at Chrysler, and I was just a little bit below the age of driving at that time. I was born in 1960, so... You know, at that point, I had an older brother who was driving, and Dad had new company cars every two months. Mm. One of those cars, two actually two of those cars were 70 Roadrunner convertibles, and my mother's favorite color was purple. So I always thought, man, his, my dad's two that he had were B3 Blue and f8 green and i thought man would that be a cool car if it was purple and never had a purple one but uh <laughs> that's the one and, and being a kind of a mopar guy the the sound of the three two barrel carburetors kicking in with a four-speed pistol grip when you slam it it's just like ah music to my ears so that's kind of why that's my all-time favorite car since i was a kid
0: and you have to have the power windows right because when you were a kid that was probably like space age technology exactly
1: that was just like so cool and dad's cars always had power windows too even if it was a muscle car so that was uh always something that i remember in the back of my mind
0: went up with the option isn't he <laughs> <laughs> well he he was a high role he he actually was the
1: vice president general manager manager of chrysler insurance so uh, yeah he if it wasn't an imperial it was a slow car so he usually had muscle cars in the in the summer and and then uh, over the winter we would have Imperials and Chrysler 300s and big full-bodied cars like that.
0: That's amazing because I have two theories on why people become car collectors and and car enthusiasts. One is that you grew up around the most amazing stuff, and so you have a taste, a knowledge, an appreciation for that. The flip side of it is that you didn't have any of that, like me, <laughs> and so it was always a per- forbidden fruit, you know. So when you could finally experience experience a cool car like that, you were all in. So it's cool that you were able to you know, experience these cars from such a young age. That's really nice.
1: It was a cool thing. The funny thing about it was my dad was by no means a, a muscle car guy. He was a dyed in the wall Chrysler guy. But quite honestly, if you stuck a new Camaro in the driveway and said, Hey, Dad, did you see the new Challenger? He would say, Yep, that's the best car in the world. And wouldn't notice the
0: difference until he saw the bow tie on the grill. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, well, what's next on your top ten list? Okay, number two, I'm going to throw, I'm going to shift gears a
1: little bit. It would be a Competition Blue Boss 302 Cougar Eliminator. Hmm. N- number three, we're going to throw in something that's made of plastic. I would have a 67, 427, 435 Corvette Coupe. I love the Coupe for 67. And again, you know, three two barrels.
0: Now, is that a side pipe, non-AC, four-speed car?
1: All out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: That would be the way to go in my book. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Number four, we're going
1: to go back to Mopars again. I've got a thing for 71 Challengers. So I would like to see a 71 Challenger in green go. Again, got to have a pistol grip shifter. Um, You know, I I, I really like the 446 barrel drivetrain. I've had several over the years, and they're just the sound, and they're easy to get them to run good and strong. So that would be the next on the list. Green go with a black stripe on the side. Okay, that's cool. Then uh, I'll step back a few years, and this one's kind of an oddball car, but I would love to have a Virgil Exner car. So it would have a 63 Dodge Polara. Mm. Um, probably be, uh, you know, of course it have to be a Max Wedge, but it wouldn't be a Stage 2 because, quite honestly, they never run right unless you know what you're doing, and I don't know what I'm doing. So I'd rather just have the <laughs> milder 426 Max Wedge. But those two four-barrels on top are just so cool. Um, Wait, probably just red.
0: let me stop you there. So are you preferring a max wedge over a Hemi? I would,
1: yeah. And again, simply for my own purposes, as something, I'm the type of guy that gets in a car and likes to drive it. So as wicked as a Hemi is, I don't have the mechanical ability to really make them run strong. So I would, you know, as a real driver and putting value aside, that would be the way I'd go because I know I can make a 440 run without having to have too much knowledge of, what goes into them.
0: I feel like that's a hot take, the fact that you take a Max. So I appreciate that. appreciate the honesty. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, I'd have to have a Cobra. And again,
1: there, I'm going to throw a little twist in her. I'd rather have a 289 Cobra than a 427. Again, just because it's something that you could drive. 427, I have had the opportunity to spend some time behind the wheel of several of them. And they're just a little too scary for me. I mean, uh, you blip the throttle, and it's like I'm ready to spin around and do donuts, so I'm not, not quite comfortable with that. But uh, something in an unusual color other than blue or red, you know, I might like a yellow or maybe one of the greens, but uh, 289 Cobra.
0: you slap side, or what you thinking?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like the slap side. I really do. I mean, again, you know, putting value aside, I know there's others that are much more valuable, but uh No, no, I would be very happy to have one of those in the garage. Okay, all right. Well, what's after that? After that, we're going to shift to Kenosha's finest with an AMC. I would have a big, bad green AMX with a 390 and a 4-speed. And I actually am an American Motors owner, not of one of those, but uh, I would have to have a big, bad green AMX in the garage.
0: Wow. Okay. That, that that's really cool. You're you're very diverse in your picks here. It's not exactly what I thought you would have picked. So that's awesome. Now that's what Was that number 6 or was that number 7? I'm not even sure. Like I say I could give you 20 if I am. <laughs> This might I'm be your thinking. top 12.
1: <laughs> I'm picturing okay. that garage standing in there with a big smile on my face going, "Hmm, what am I going to drive today?"
0: Okay. All right. Well, what's next on your list? Let's let's consider it number uh, 7. Why not? Okay, next one's going to be a, a black-on-black lift-off
1: hood M-code Roadrunner. So, again, we're going back to that good old 446-barrel engine, and, again, it's got to be a four-speed. And black is just sinister on those cars with the steel wheels. So that would be my next choice.
0: Now, is that the A12 option with the pull-off lift-off hood? You
1: got it. Yeah, and the, uh, the M-code. Yep.
0: yep. Hey, how about Yep. That? All right, now what's after that?
1: Okay, then we're going to go back to GM.
0: Got to
1: have... An Orbit Orange 70 Judge. And if it had a top that goes down, which coincidentally is exactly what's on the cover of our magazine, and you'll see it at the front of our GM Top Dogs display. But that with the tan top and a tan interior, I've got a good friend that has one in that combination. I think they call it sandalwood. Doesn't sound pretty on paper, but is absolutely stunning in person. And it is, uh, again, there we'd be. I'm I'm going to take the milder drivetrain. I'm going to go Ram Air 3, and I like to shift gears, so it's going to be a
0: 4-speed. Okay. All right. All right. That's cool. I like that. All right, and I I would say that this is probably your last car. This might be number 10 or number 11. I kind of lost track. So let's make this your last car officially, then I have a couple follow-up questions for you. Okay.
1: Final car. We're going to go all the way back to 1957. And again, a plastic car will make it a fuel-injected 57 Corvette Uh, Tahoe turquoise with white coves and a white interior.
0: Wow. Now, why did you pick 57 versus, you like the single headlight versus the double? What's what's the thought? That's
1: that's exactly it. I love the styling. You know, just a mild refresh over the 53, 4s, and '5. Fifty-three fours and 5s are a little bit too raw for me, so it's kind of like the refinement that went into the 56s and 7s I really like. And again, just like you said, that single headlight styling, I mean, everybody knows what it is when they see it, and that color is so period perfect. So, yeah, that, that's that got to have a car in the
0: garage. Okay, so I just ran across, I'll let you know if it comes to fruition, but I actually ran across kind of a barn find fifty-seven. Uh, not really barn, fine. Just kind of in a garage for 30 years kind of car. But it's the same colors you're talking about, and it's a 57, and it's a Fuelie, but it has a tan top, I believe. So wow. I don't know. That's... We'll see if that comes for wish. I've seen the pictures, but I haven't talked to the owner yet. <laughs> you know how it right. goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So a couple questions here. That was an amazing top 10 list, maybe possibly top 11. I lost track. And I will have to give you kudos for rattling them off so quick, considering you had no heads up. So... You really know what you're doing. You really know where your tastes are. I noticed that you we there are Shelbys at the show, and I noticed there were no Mustangs or Bosses other than the Cougar in your list. So do you consider a Mustang, Shelby, uh, a pony car or a muscle car?
1: Well, I guess a lot depends on which model it is. Because Obviously, if it's a Cobra Jet 428 or even like a Boss 302 or a Boss 429, I would consider those muscle cars. But if it's a 60, let's say a 67 with a 390, that kind of walks the line. So I think I would call that more of a pony car. So we
0: could go back and forth on that one. How about the uh, hypo K-code engines?
1: Consider it a pony car in my book. I mean, definitely with 271 horsepower and solid lifters and whatnot. It's muscular, but I still think uh, I would put it under the pony car
0: category. So did uh, Mustang not make it into Bob Ashton's ultimate muscle car garage because they're more of a pony car?
1: No, I think because number 11 would be the black-on-black Boss 302 that's being unveiled at the show this weekend from the
0: brother. (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so one thing I do at the end of this is I do play a little game. I did not give you a heads-up on this, but you're so good at you know off-the-cuff. I figured you're okay. It's a little game I call Keep... Cash, and Crush. So I give you three cars. You have to pick one to keep forever. You have to pick one to cash in. And then, unfortunately, you have to pick one to send to the crusher. Okay? You're going to get me in trouble. I'm going to get you in trouble, but I'm not going to do muscle cars. I'm going to do pony cars. So at least okay. I give you a little bit of an out. <laughs> so.
1: Sounds like fun.
0: All right. Let's say the first one's a 1967 GT Hypo, non-GTA fastback mustang so it's got the 271 horsepower engine they only made about 400 of them that year Uh, that's your first car let's say your second car let's say it's the 1969 indy pace car camaro the white with the orange houndstooth interior that's absolutely gorgeous and (laughs) then let's say the last one's a pontiac firebird big block car let's say hmm, 19 what do you think 70 white with the blue stripes Oh, I like it. Okay. So which one would you keep forever? Which one would you cash in? And unfortunately, which one would you send it to Crusher? Let's assume all of these are grade number two cars. Not Concorde, but really nice. Okay,
1: we're keeping that Trans, uh, Pontiac for sure. I love Ooh. those cars. That might be number 12 on the list.
0: Oh, okay. So we're keeping the Trans Am. Okay.
1: And let's see here. Boy, you're making it tough. I guess we're going to have to, and this is going to hurt some people, I guess we're going to have to crush the old pace car.
0: Ooh, I thought I thought we weren't going to be friends anymore if you crushed the Mustang. Okay, so we're going to crush the pace car, and you're going to cash in the Mustang? Is that the way you're doing it? We're going to
1: cash in the Mustang. I think it might have a little bit more appeal. may not be the most valuable, but if it's the right car, and like you said, 289, 271, and I want to get rid of it in a hurry. I think that's going to be the easiest one to find a new home for.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Collector Car Podcast today. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about your incredible show coming up this weekend?
1: I just want to say come on out and see us. We have over 550 cars coming in from 41 different states, and I'm so happy to say also three provinces of Canada since the borders opened up now. And no matter what brand or make or model you like, I will personally guarantee you're going to find more cars that you will like under one roof than you've ever seen before.
0: That's so awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Bob. Thanks for letting me spread the word. All right. Well, that was quite an ultimate garage from Bob. I can't believe how quickly he rattled off all that information. So let's find out what the Haggerty values are for these. Turns out it was 10 cars, not 11. I kept on thinking we were one ahead, but no, it was 10 cars just like it's supposed to be. So that was awesome. So I'm just going to run down the list here, share some of the one-year and two-year dollar increases or decreases based on the Hagerty valuation tools to see how much it would cost to put Bob Ashton's Ultimate Muscle Car Garage, to put those cars in your garage. All right. The first one was a 1900 convertible, and basically that has gone up about $9,000 in one year. So the general trend here is that muscle cars have been soft, but they're starting to appreciate a little bit in the marketplace. A couple more so than others out of his 10 cars, there are four of them that have been totally flat for the last two years. And there are, let's see, in two, four, uh, three of them actually that have been negative over two years. Uh, in the latest one year, all of them have been positive. So there is a shifting of tides when it comes to muscle, quote unquote, muscle cars. All right, so that one in number one condition is worth $141,000. The second one's the 1969 Mercury Cougar Eliminator. Number one condition, $114,000. Uh, that's up 8.6% the latest one year. From two years ago, two years ago, it was actually down 7.3%. So it's still not up to its two-year high, but uh, the latest one year, it has gone up. All right, the next one's the 1967 Corvette 427, 435 horsepower coupe. I was surprised. Number one condition, this is a $219,000 car. Wow. And that has gone up 11.2% in the last one year. Now, I wonder if any of that's related to the resto mod trend. Because, you know, you'll see mostly 63 Corvettes, but you'll see anywhere from 58 to 67 Corvettes that are now resto modded and selling for $350,000. I wonder if that might be playing into those numbers a little bit. All right, the next one's a 1971 Dodge Challenger RT, number one condition, $111,000. That's gone up six grand in the last year, but it's actually down nine grand the latest two years. And then we have the 63 Dodge Polara 500. Now, I don't think I could find the correct exact one in Haggerty's database. Uh, This one in number one condition was only $52,000. Even still, it is up 38.9% the last one year. And it's up 83.3% in the last two years. It went up $28,800 in number one condition to $52,800 in number one condition. So it almost doubled. All right, the next one's the 1963 Shelby Cobra 289. I picked one of the rack and pinion cars. Now that one's $1.4 million. By far the highest price point car in his ultimate garage. And that one actually has gone down $100,000 over the latest two years. And it's flat the last year. All right, four more to go. The 1969 American Motors AMX in number one condition, $118,000. And that's been flat for the last two years. Uh, The next one is the 1969 Plymouth Roadrunner. That one is $142,000 in number one condition. That one has gone up 6.8% the latest one year. And then the last two have been flat. For the last two years. The 1970 Pontiac GTO Judge. I picked the Ramir 4 convertible. That's a high dollar car. $509,000 in number one condition. No change over two years. And then the last one. the 1957 Chevrolet Corvette a uh, Flat for the last two years. At $187,000. Now those were soft. So I feel like they are flat. Which means they'll probably start appreciating here soon. Now when we look at how much would it cost to put all 10 of these cars in your ultimate muscle car garage the total is just under three million dollars two million nine hundred and ninety three thousand eight hundred dollars to put these cars in your garage in number one condition so as always thanks for listening and i will talk to all of you next week thanks for listening to the collector car podcast don't forget to give us a nice rating on itunes and be sure to follow us on instagram and everywhere else at the collector car podcast